we were always a very different family. We didn't look quite Indian and we were very westernized and my parents were very trendy. So for instance, my dad had long hair, wore a leather jacket, was a car mechanic very cool, had lots of Irish friends. So that's where the leather jacket comes from. That's where this thing about leather comes from. Yeah, and probably, you know, and I I also remembered him just being very kind of into rock and roll, into reggae. It was it was a really lively house we, we lived in, full of colour and life and sound. My mother was very classy. She was very kind of, you know, glamorous. She I never saw my mother not made up or dressed, you know, fabulously. And that's where the flamboyant side of me is, you know. So it's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people embrace, think loneliness is um, something they should try and, they're always trying to solve in their lives. Loneliness is the best asset you have because one of the best assets is it creates your imagination and your imagination is what's going to drive you to create the visions for other people to improve their lives. Sure. And also it gives you empathy. So if you spend a long time alone and someone, you know, you can get, you can become fixed in your ways, but when you've been lonely for a long period of time and then you meet someone who you connect with, it's so much more meaningful than when you're always with lots and lots of different people, but you never really get to know them in any depth. Sure. And also you get to know yourself well, and also you can only be really honest with yourself on your own. You know, you can say, I I didn't say the right thing there, or I've hurt that person. And and I, I learned to be myself, being on my own, really, and understanding myself. So, and I think it made me very strong. And when you're different and you don't fit in, that's a very, very important thing for any entrepreneur. You look at a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who've done well, they were never accepted by their classmates. They were thought of as weird. I was definitely always sticking out. And it was so funny being the only kind of brown child in my primary school and wearing those big NHS glasses. And I sometimes think like, if I, I did, but I never wanted to not be that person. I never thought of it as racism. I never thought of it as prejudice. I just thought children are children. Even at that age, I understood that children are children. On average, I'd probably take home maybe a grand and a half per month extra from that HMO back in 1997, which was then. That's a good money. That was good money. That I was consistently doing and it was hard. And I can't say that I was the best ever student. I was very, you know, didn't believe in myself that I could do it. And I, I needed a lot of encouragement. But one thing I realised was is that with the bookkeeping and the consistency, I was making money and I had extra money in my pocket, which was sure. which helped my education as a doctor. And also, it allowed me to potentially understand about dreaming big because once you start feeling that little trickle of encouragement, I've got a little bit more than I would have got. You start to think bigger and I chose what was a very long or very competitive career path in plastic surgery then craniofacial surgery, then being trained in the United States, and then coming back as an ear reconstruction surgeon. It's very niche, very competitive. I couldn't have done that without having that kind of financial, how can I say that, the knowledge that I, was, I could afford to, to push myself and, and pay for the right education, pay for the right courses. 
Sure. Because the NHS didn't fund half my education. You know, it just really didn't. The NHS, you, a course on the NHS, one course would wipe out your whole study budget. Yet as a doctor, you're required to learn so much in such a, in such a short period of time. And doctors are having to pay thousands of pounds of their own money to be educated. And everyone thinks that the NHS pays their education. The NHS pays virtually nothing for a doctor's education. And See, I would not have known, I wouldn't no. have realised that. And so you have to, if you, what people have to realise is that when a doctor trains to be a specialist, they are putting a lot of, majority of money is coming from themselves to be that specialist. Wow. And so they should have the expectation that their investment is rewarded with them being valued at the end of it for that, wow. that, that investment they've made in trying to help others. Our key topic for today is going to be creative finance mindset. Have I got that right? Absolutely right. Yeah. Right. So tell us a little bit, because it's a great title. It's a very catchy title. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, what, is, what does it mean? Anyone who has studied the techniques will realise that they, they're not new techniques. They've been used by investors since the beginning of time. Some would say that creative finance techniques have been used during biblical times, if you look at property transactions and how property was bought and sold. And that all I've done is apply those techniques as a healthcare professional and given another group of another audience exposure to them. Right. And that mindset's important because it's very easy to stop thinking. It's thinking, I haven't got any money. How am I going to invest in property? Well, that person with no money is in the same boat as the wealthy person who's got a portfolio who's also run out of money. Sure, sure. And that's where the mindset comes. And that's why it's important to embrace those techniques. My property coaching program basically shares those techniques and also structures property investment deals using the techniques of creative finance. All these techniques of investing come under the umbrella, the creative financial mindset. Mindset being key, because if people have a closed mind or a negative mindset, or they're thinking that, oh, it's, it's, I don't like the ideas, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's not. It's very clear. And in my property coaching program, I go through that as, 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 as part of it. I mean, there's lots of things in my program, lots of things. You know, I, I don't frown upon traditional property investing. I've done it, and it's just right for certain doctors or certain people. But for those that really want to grow and really want to accelerate and actually get the cash flow, which I think is vital in in today's day and age, you can't do it because you will run out of life before you get enough money to invest in property because the property prices are still way beyond what most people can ever afford. Thank you for watching this video. And please like, share, comment and push the notifications bell to receive the next and latest video from the Mark Sheldon Lloyd Show.